Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode 4. If you have not yet checked episodes 1 through 3, I would advise you put this on a brief hold and go check those out. You'll see that although we do a tad bit of soul searching and seeking accountability in those episodes, it was a lot of teaching others how you want to be treated. But now, episode four and beyond, we get into the Peter J. Fisher experience. We're talking about a whole lot of self-accountability. I had a plan, but the beauty about plans when you run your own podcast is that Sometimes they can shift in its way. I wanted to delve into this mammoth of a topic known as mental health. However, because mental health is so broad, I felt like we're going to still talk about mental health, but we're going to talk about key components, or at least components to me that are key in the making or breaking, hopefully not the breaking of one's mental health. So without any further ado, I introduce you to episode four entitled People Pleasing. If you have followed me up until this point, if you've listened to episodes one, two, three, you know the formula by now. There's a theme or a topic, which is usually the title of the episode. And I like threes. So I usually branch off of that main topic with three subtopics. And then we bring it all together. So, keeping it in the spirit of the formula. Subtopic number one. Boundaries or barriers. Not boundaries and barriers. Boundaries or barriers. Now, this topic or subtopic, I chose to be number one because I think when it comes to realizing that you're a people pleaser, 
And this has begun to chip away at your sanity and mental health. You may start to look for self-help. You've already self-diagnosed. So now the next step is looking for self-help. Before I go any further, let me say this. This is coming from a person who has experimented with many years of self-help or trying. Self-help is okay as a starting point. But eventually, you're going to have to reach out to someone outside of yourself. I would suggest that be someone professional with a non-biased view of your life. But back on topic. So I'm of the belief that when you start to remedy and you go through the rabbit hole of trying to find self-help, people are going to tend to, especially if you're a people pleaser, they're going to tend to start with setting boundaries. And setting boundaries is important. Setting boundaries is what we strive to do. And the attempt to get ourselves back. What do you mean by get ourselves back? Let's not put the horse before the cart. We'll get to that. Stick to boundaries and barriers. Now, creating boundaries is very important. Whatever it is, or whoever it is, whatever the situation or people or relationships that have you in the ultimate people pleasing mode, the reason why it has gotten to this point is because you had no boundaries. Usually when people are trying to establish boundaries, especially in a relationship that's already pre-existing, it's because there were no boundaries in the first place. Now, how does a relationship, a situation, scenario exist with no boundaries? One might ask. It's very simple. People pleasers tend to be yes men or yes women. Meaning, these people know the word no and oh. They feel the word no and oh. But they say yes in spite of feeling no. If you do this repetitively, it will create a wall is fort. There's no walls. There's no gate. There's no protection. There are no boundaries. Who's to blame? What I say at the beginning on the intro. 
we are delving into self-accountability now. Who's to blame for the scenario or relationship that has no boundaries? Unfortunately, none of us wants to look within and take the blame. But you have to look the horse dead in his or her mouth on this one. If there were no boundaries, if there are no boundaries, you have to create them in a pre-existing relationship. Then you have given the invitation to the other party openly. They have an open invitation to use and better worded or suited, abuse your unwillingness to say no and no. <laughs> so what happens? Because the subtopic was called boundaries or barriers. What ends up happening is this in a lot of cases. Ask me how I know because I'm not just a talking head on the mic, I have partaken in people people pleasing. I have partaken in wanting to create barriers. I'm sorry, I jumped the gun. Wanting to create boundaries too late. You see, you teach people how to respect or how to give you respect and lack thereof by the way you interact with them from the beginning. It's very hard to change the way a person is going to treat you when the wheels on the bus have already begun to go round and round. You see, you have to treat them, you have to teach them how to treat you before the bus gets into motion. Once that bus gets in motion, that's a heavy piece of machinery. It's hard to stop. So, they have become accustomed. We are human beings. We are creatures of habit. They have built the habit of asking you for whatever it is that they desire. And they know the outcome 99% of the time is going to be yes. So where do the barriers come into play? Well, it's a good question. The barriers usually come into play after you've met your wit's end. You see, now you want to create boundaries when this big bus is already in motion, okay? You're done. Tired of being used and abused. You're tired of it. But guess what? I just said it a few minutes ago. Humans are creatures of habit. They're not going to stop what they're doing. And as I said before, with humans being creatures of habit, they're going to keep doing what they're doing. And because you have not trained yourself yet, you're going to keep doing what you've been doing. You're going to keep saying yes, even though you really want to say no. (laughs) So here comes the barriers, right? See, a lot of times the barriers get put up on the wrong front, on the wrong battleground, or not even a battleground 
at all. The barriers get put up in neutral or friendly territory. What I mean is because you're so fed up with your boss, you put the barriers up at home because you're still in the habit of pleasing the boss, even though you, you're seeking self-help and you're, you know what you want to do and you know what you want to say, but you keep doing the opposite. But the inner voice is like, I have to set boundaries. So instead of setting boundaries, because there may be there may need to be some boundaries set at home. Don't get it confused. So instead of setting boundaries, you're creating barriers at home. They can't even get in. They can't even they they the barrier is like Fort Knox. They can't even get to the door to knock. It's so sealed shut. Or vice versa. Your spouse has taken so many liberties from you. That you're tired of it, but you keep doing what you've been doing because you're a creature of habit like the rest of us. And then you go to work and the people at work might be messing with you. So instead of putting up boundaries, you put up barriers. You can't get in. Yet the person or people or relationship that are tearing you down are still inside your battle zone. No fort. Step right in through, right through the front door. Still getting in your head. Still tearing you up. How do you stop this? One might ask. Well, I'm going to tell you this right now. The answer is not on YouTube. The answer is not on podcast. Sorry, Peter J. Fisher does not have the answer. Just giving out experiences and suggestions. The answer is within however it cannot be unlocked you don't have the key to unlock it it's there but the key is invisible to you so the only way to get the key is to get some outside help a professional that has no bias doesn't know you doesn't know your spouse doesn't know your kids doesn't know your boss it's the only way the only way I know a lot of you I was there I know a lot of you like I can do it I don't need no help I know that's why people pleasing falls under the umbrella of mental health because a lot of times when we deal with mental health we don't need no help I got this I'm a soldier I'm a queen I'm a warrior I'm a warrior goddess I got it Trust me, you're talking to somebody that thought they was the ultimate God, emotionally, psychologically, but I got some hope. I'm getting better and it's a process, but the empowerment has no price tag. That was just subtopic number one. We in it. Stick around for subtopic number two right after this. Thank you for still being here. There was a lot 
of information in that first one. So we enter topic subtopic number two. Are you a people pleaser or a peacemaker? Now I know there's some voices out there right now. Well, isn't people pleasing being a peacemaker? Yes and no. Okay. But first and foremost, let's let's touch let's touch on peacemaker, right? The peacemaker is a mediator. Peacemaker usually has no stake in what's going to be concluded, basically. The main difference between the peacemaker and the people pleaser is this. The peacemaker only seeks the most valuable information or the closest thing to the truth, right? Now, here comes the big difference between people pleasing and peacemaking. Sometimes, most times, not sometimes, most times if there's two parties involved and the peacemaker is in the middle, the mediator, someone is not going to get their way. It's how odds work, right? It's going to be a majority situation. So the peacemaker is going to somewhat side with one person, but the peacemaker will, if it's a good peacemaker, try to shine light on the pros and cons of both sides. So the peacemaker has no quorums or no fear of not being favored by one or both parties, right? The people pleaser is totally opposite. The people pleaser, the people pleaser, like I said, is actually completely opposite. If there was a, if there was a split, if there was two parties and the people pleaser had to play the mediator, guess what? You know, if you know anything about the game chess, you know you have checkmate, which means one side has won the match, and there's a stalemate, which means neither side can win. If the people pleaser is the mediator, it's going to be a stalemate. Because the people pleaser wants everybody to like them. The people pleaser wants everyone to win. Because if everyone wins, everyone will like me. Unfortunately, in the real world, everyone can't win. If there's a decision to be made, somebody's decision has to rule supreme. So you have to make a decision or you have to help one of the parties see the view of the other party to make that decision. The people pleaser does not want to be in that situation at all. The people pleasers won't, will, will probably never be the middleman because they would never volunteer to be the middleman because they know the good thing about this is most of them know they have this weakness. So they wouldn't even put themselves in that situation because they, they would know they wouldn't be able to make a decision. They would know they wouldn't be able to choose one side over the other. So what is it about the people pleaser that seeks disapproval? Well, I don't, I don't have the answer for that. There could be very, there could be a varying amount of reasons. There could be hundreds of reasons, maybe even thousands. But 
I would put 50% of my life earnings on the fact that maybe this has some type of root in childhood. Either whether it be outside forces, like going to school, playing sports, or whatever it is, being in clubs, and you never really got accepted for who you were. So you begin to scan the room. You begin to observe your environment to see what the people were doing that were being accepted. And you started to become a chameleon. If you don't know anything about chameleons, those are the ones that can camouflage and blend in. So, lizards. So, um, you became a chameleon and you just adapted. Now, the, the people pleaser who has started people pleasing since their youth or adolescence most definitely are going to have to refer to the end of segment one, topic one, subtopic number one, I'm sorry, and seek some outside help because you're going to have a whole lot of air, uh, layers in that onion to unravel to get to the core. Not going to be able to do it on your own. If you've been people pleasing since you were a youth or adolescent, then it's going to be very easy to continue that trend into your adulthood because it's gotten you by. But at some point, you're going to realize that people pleasing is going to burn you out in adulthood. You see, adults can be a lot more demanding and taxing than kids can. So you were able to skate through childhood because there's only so many demands you're going to get from other kids in your peer group. But when you get into adulthood, you're dealing with, especially at work, you're dealing with people your age, people younger than you, people older than you. And you're trying to figure out how you can camouflage a little bit into each category. It's not going to happen. And in the midst of all this, as I just said, you're trying to camouflage. You have no self-identity. You lost it. You lost your self-identity in childhood when you were trying to fit in with all the groups and teams and classmates. You lost yourself. And when you lose yourself, you have no choice but to become a people pleaser because... Psychologically, it has been programmed in your mind that this is the way to make friends. This is the way to have people like me. All I have to do is what they want me to do. And do none of what I want to do because I don't even know what I want to do anymore. So I ask you to be serious and truthful and ask yourself, do I know who I am? Do I know who I am? Truly. Not the person that I portray at home to my spouse. Not the person that I portray at church to the congregation. Not the person that I portray at work to my co-workers. Do I know who I am? Do I know 
what I stand for, do I know what I believe in? And are those things my feelings, thoughts, or ideas? Or are those also things that I have adopted and adapted through my chameleon phase thus far? Am I a people pleaser? Or can I be a non-biased peacemaker? Answer that on your own time. (laughs) Truthfully. And we'll be back. lap subtopic number three rightfully timely piggybacking off of subtopic number two the fear of not being liked by who? By everybody. The people pleaser has the fear of not being liked by everybody because they want to be liked by everybody. When you say it out loud and you hear it out loud, you're like, that's impossible. Correct. First and foremost, you would have to be God. To be known by everybody. Right? So we're already giving ourselves too much credit from the get-go. Your name is not that universal. We don't know you as God, Buddha, Allah, Muhammad. Universe. We don't know you like that. Y'all don't know me like that. So why is it that we suffer, and I say we, because I've been there, and I'm telling you, there's something very liberating about not caring what anyone thinks of you. And when I say anyone, I mean anybody. It could be family, friends, ally or foe, don't matter, don't care. The fear of not being liked Fear Is The ultimate Barrier We talked about boundaries and barriers in subtopic number one Fear is the ultimate barrier You see It's it's so hard to overcome fear The reason why it's hard to overcome fear is because it's so hard to face it. We're talking about mental health overall, mental well-being. And a key component to mental well-being is talking, 
talking. Sometimes, like I said, it's hard to talk to somebody that you know because they know so much about you, they're always going to want to give their two cents and their two cents is always going to sound like advice. They're not hearing you. They're not hearing you to hear you. They're hearing you to respond. It's a difference. It's a huge difference. When you go to a professional, they're listening to hear what you're saying. They will give an analysis. They will give a breakdown. But they want to hear you first. The beauty is they don't know anything about you. So the output that they give you, this is why you have to be truthful when you go to therapy. The output that they give you is solely going to be based off what you gave them. But it doesn't matter when you're talking to friends and family what kind of output you give because they're going to just give their spin because they think they know so much about you. The fear of not being liked is another one of those nine times out of ten deep-rooted issues that's more than likely developed in childhood. You may not have felt it or, or knew you felt it until you became an adult, but I promise you, if you have a fear of not being, being liked in your 30s, you probably had a fear of not being liked when you were five years old in kindergarten. You probably had a fear of not being liked when you were in fifth grade, ninth grade, and twelfth grade. And you probably, as I mentioned in subtopic number two, played the chameleon. You played the chameleon so long, you don't know what your original pattern is. You have no original pattern. You've been cloning your whole life. The reason why you're listening to this episode and you've made it this far is because you're tired of cloning. You want to figure out who the real you is. The reason why is because the real you is trying to push itself out. When you've been a people pleaser for your whole life and you start seeking ways to stop, you start seeking ways to create boundaries, you start seeking ways to get over the fear of not being liked, that's the 7, 8, 11, 13-year-old you inside pushing itself out saying, I'm tired of this. I want to be me. I want to be me. This voice may come out at 30, 40, 50, or 80. When it comes out, don't ignore it. You've been doing that for too long. You have to embrace it. As I mentioned before, earlier in this topic, subtopic, the only way to overcome fear is to face it head on. Figure out why you have this fear of not being liked. Address it. And then start being you. Guess what? You know, you know the beauty of being an adult this is something that we'll never know as kids. You really figure this out as an adult. The beauty of being an adult is you don't need everyone to be your friend, first and foremost. You may think so if you're listening to this podcast. Hopefully by the end of it, you'll realize you don't need everybody like you to be your friend. But what you'll realize really fast is once you start to become your true self, 
there's going to be two groups of people. There are going to be people that flock to you and embrace you. Those were the people that truly love you. And they still do. Or you might make new people. You might meet new people that truly love you. But now these new people that you meet are learning the new you. They don't have to be reprogrammed because they're new and they're meeting you for the first time. But the real you, the second group of people are the people that didn't care anyway. Those people are going to dismiss you. They'll fall away. They'll fall off. You know what? Good riddance. Goodbye. That might be your mother. That might be your father. It might be a sibling or a cousin. That might be a, a spouse or a child. A grown child. <laughs> but that person or people were never for you. See, those were probably the people that you were people pleasing in the first place. And when you stopped pleasing them, they dropped you like a heavy load of wet towels. They couldn't carry it. They couldn't stand you. They could only stand you when you was doing what they what you wanted. I'm sorry, they, they could only stand you when you were doing what they wanted you to do. Being who they wanted you to be. And those people do not have your best interests at heart. Only one person has your best interests at heart. That's you. The person that has that heart beating inside your chest. So I invite you from this day forward to discover who you are if you're lost, if you're lost in this realm of people pleasing. Discover who you are and be that person day in and day out. And the people that stick or come in and stick around were the people that were meant to be in your circle. And the people that fall off were the people that only care about you when you were benefiting their cause. I'm gonna say this one more time. I've said it, I think, probably in both subtopics, but it's very important. I know this because I'm, I started my journey a couple weeks ago. Even if you think that you've got it all together, I want you to understand that some of the greatest moguls, some of the greatest athletes and actors and musicians still have life coaches. They still have therapists. They still have somebody that they talk to that helps them lighten the load that our heavy brains carry day in and day out. I would I would challenge you to find a find find a local therapist and check them out, whether it be telemed or in person. Just check them out. If you don't like it. You don't have to commit. It could be a one and done. But I'm telling you, from somebody that went to his first session two weeks ago and has learned a heap about himself already, it's worth it. So I hope you guys enjoyed this first trip through this massive windy road journey called mental health in the form of 
people pleasing. Follow my podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. Share it. Somebody needs it. Email me. Follow me on social media. Let's get this mental health thing going in the right direction. Until next week, be blessed.